episode of the Soul Savages podcast. Um, here, my, I guess I got to reintroduce myself because I'm not on the radio show anymore. Uh, first episode of the Soul Savages podcast. I'm Kulin Green, professional musician slash music journalist slash founder of SoulSavages.com, and got my co-host here, Eb. Won't you let them know? Let them know something about you. What's going on, everybody? I am Eb. I am um, all around. Uh, king of blackness. I write. I'm a music critic. I do it all. I that's me. I'm in love with everything that's black and blacker. Yes, that's what you're gonna get on this podcast is blackness, blackness personified. That's what I'm gonna call it. Soul music. We're gonna talk about soul music. We're gonna talk about self awareness, self love, everything positive in the black community in terms of social awareness and intelligence. You're going to find it at this podcast. And what we're going to do right here, we're going to introduce our very first. We have two guests. Not one, two guests. Special to me. I love them dearly. Uh, they they give really great insight on tour. I love their musical knowledge. Uh, first uh, coming up is Brandon. I call him. Uh, he's a little music. Would you call it aficionado? What's that word? Aficionado. Yes. Aficionado. Yeah, he yeah. is. He is. I don't, <laughs> right. His dad is musical knowledge is superb is just and just fantastic. He's a great writer. I love reading his tweets. Y'all give it up right now for Brandon Owsley. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Q. How are you all doing? I hope everyone's doing good out there. Um, thank you, first of all, Q, for inviting me. Um, I'm oh, thank you. Um, I'm a music writer. Um, Rude. <laughs> I was saying you had the intro a, music, right? We got the yeah, intro yeah, music yeah, the fire. The podcast. I love it. Ex- exactly. Sounds um, of the city. I love it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, I'm a music enthusiast. I I'm a music writer. I'm a journalist. Um, I've done it all. Um, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon Owsley. Um, B R A N D O N Owsley O U S L E Y all together. Um, I just I just love music and I love talking about um black music and and you know, given those insights. So uh, check me out. And another journalist we have on second guest we have is the phenomenal, again, another great journalist. He wrote one of my favorite articles last, or was it last year? The Shaka Khan um, Naughty album. Naughty. That's one yes. of, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of my favorite articles. Uh, he's a fantastic writer for albumism. He has some great tribute posts, album anniversaries. I'm really big fan of those. So he does them quite well. Y'all, we got Mr. Mark Chappelle on. How are you doing? I'm good. You forgot to do the other thing that I am. I'm an aspiring Brandon Owsley. So if I work really hard. <laughs> oh, Lord. Right. <laughs> right. I love like, it. like, you know, like I'm, I'm a big Brandon fan, right? Oh, thank you, You're Mark. Yeah, absolutely. He's fantastic. So when I yes. started writing for album, I was looking at his pieces like, how do I not embarrass myself? And so, oh. um, so That's far, great. hopefully, you know, everyone's just like, okay, you've done good. Otherwise, it'd be like, yeah, it'll look directly at your eyes when, when, when <laughs> then, then you know wow. you need to sit out somewhere. But yes, um, I have been having the time of my life writing for albumism. It's just something that we do for love, 
that doesn't actually get you know anything. Uh, no, nobody pays us for our opinions. These are actually our opinions, like when you write. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. it's just it's great to have people um, read and respond. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone can respond. That's awesome because a lot of times people just read it and, and retweet. That's great. Listen to the music, buy these people's uh, music because uh, they got bills too. <laughs> right. But, uh, True. It's always great to hear back from the people who read because if it's not for building a a community, it kind of doesn't have the same purpose. Mm-hmm. It's very true. What's yep. y'all in? I want to know just from two journalists. What is y'all take on in terms of engaging with uh, musical conversations on Twitter or just any uh, social media like Instagram or Facebook? Like, do y'all go in like, okay, this person is challenging me or trying or how do you do you decipher first or do you just go straight into a musical conversation? On online, I should say. Well, Brandon, would you like to field this? Well, sure. Um, I think it starts with just an idea. You know, um, you know, it it really starts with what I've what I'm listening to or something that you know grabs my mind or something of that sort. But um, yeah, it it just starts with an idea and then it just grows. So you know, I just love to at least spark some kind of conversation on things that probably don't get too much insight anyway so you know it's always a a, an honor you know and then you get those crazy cats who you know try to out school you or try to tell you you know whatever whatever but you know it it, it comes with territory so Uh, that's (laughs) so don't feed the trolls don't feed yeah yeah exactly it's hard not to sometimes because it's like Man, when you shut up, it's like, like you be having a great conversation and it has, and then they'll add, my thing is like, don't add on to something that's not relevant to what we're talking about. Just for instance, I was talking about Angela Wimbush <laughs> doing the verses. And I was like, you know, it was related to Ozzy Brothers because she had a great part in that during the mm-hmm. 80s, like fantastic albums. And I'm like, yo, impeccable. Her, her songwriting, production, top notch. Somebody gets on. Well, also, she did Layla Hathaway. Like, I know this. I don't need you. They listen to everybody. She's where I don't need you to add on to what I said. I, I know that. But that ain't got nothing right. to do with the conversation. Like, I'll give Angela, I give Angela Wish her praises all the time for all the artists she's worked with. But it's like, let it relate to the conversation. Is my point. Exactly. Like, don't, just, don't just, you know, throw out random facts because you like, oh, I know stuff too. That's what I <laughs> well, feel like. I think that's, do that. that's part of it. It's that people see that you're such a, a huge musical presence and your intellect your intellect is coming through. So they have to some way, somehow prove that they know other things. Maybe it's to teach you something. Maybe it's just so they look as uh, smart or as cultured or as cool as you do. But people do that. And I'm a person that just ignores it. Like, I'm just right. like, okay. Yeah. I, or or to, I'll just yeah. retweet you. So, okay. Yeah. Like, I try to be nice You're about it. <laughs> retweet, people see it. And now I'm right. I'm never going to respond. I'm going to keep moving on talking about what yeah. I'm talking about. But right. at least I'm giving you the acknowledgement you wanted. Because for some people, I recognize that is kind of important. So I, I try to not, you know, go on the defense, you know, and, and cut somebody out. Cause you know yeah. I don't cuss. I don't cuss nobody out. I've never cussed right. anybody out. Mark, <laughs> stop that shit. But what I do is it, I use them as moments to like, okay, if somebody wants that validation, here you are, Mark. I don't like the fuck 
What's going on? <laughs> oh man, I'm just agreeing with everything. Oh, okay, yeah, you agree with everything I say. That's funny. No, no it's just is... everything's good. Be cool. Everything is cool. We, you and I, absolutely. <laughs> See eye to eye, right? No, it's just funny. I, I think for most journalism, I think most of y'all here, I'm sure. Most of these musical history facts have been in your head. For for me, I watch a lot of TV when I was a kid. And so most of the mm-hmm. musical knowledge I have is stuff that I watched literally 25 or 30 years ago. And it's just there. It's not necessarily because I'm just good with like, OK, 71. I know which album was the, like. It's not me like trying to like, oh, let me research and figure out how to keep up with EB and Mark on Twitter. No, it's just... It's just, it's just yeah, no. something I know off the top of my head. Nobody. Would I would know. hope none yeah. of us do that. Like nobody's trying mm-hmm. to keep up with the next person or what they're yeah. talking about. No. I think yeah. out of the four of us, I think everybody shares their knowledge of music just because it's a passion project yeah. for them. It's something they're passionate about. It's something they want to get out. It's never to show that we're better or we know more. I mean, and Brandon and Mark, I mean, arguably like know way more than I know. So even when I see them tweeting, I'm never thinking, oh, they just trying to show off. What the fuck? He's right. trying to show off in front of everybody. It's like, no, thank you for this knowledge that you're sharing with me. But yeah, it's this I'm weird space. It yeah. And it, right. I, if I, I'm, I'm going to cover it in one podcast talking about stand culture because I feel like it's a part of that. Because oh, those guys, I, mean, I don't know. I know when people hear this podcast, they might get in their feelings when I say that. But it's a lot of them that are part of stand culture. They, they talk about numbers. And it's like, my thing is with music his, musical history facts. It's like you had sometimes you have to have been there to to know mm-hmm. what that music is about and how why that artist was more significant than this artist. It's not that it's a comparison. It's just that they just had more attention than this artist. Like, you know what? It, but yeah. So when you talk about stand culture, I would think everyone should be a stand at one point in their life. Like I think everybody should work fast food at some point in their mm-hmm. life because there's certain things that you learn. Yeah. It's like, okay, you learn how to treat people. Uh, you learn how to count your check to make sure that you're actually getting your taxes taken out, blah, blah, blah. With stand culture, you know what it's like to be like super excited about an artist because mm-hmm. what's happening is the artists that we love actually thrive on that. If you don't have anybody who supports your art and pays for your art, you know, then like as good as that album is, if you don't have stands, you don't get a second album. So um, it's kind of like a necessary wow. part of the That's music true. life cycle. But when they get out there and they get super, super loud, uh, they're really just loving. But they they I think you know what they do. Can you help me out here? <laughs> I mean, it's it's because they're not in love with the art that the person is producing. They're just in love at that point with the person. So they get out there and they're loud and oftentimes loud and wrong at the same time. And that's when it becomes problematic is when you're loud and wrong. You can be loud. Mm -hmm. Like I've been loud. Y'all like not at the same time. Like, listen, <laughs> not at the same time. Listen, y'all know I there there is there are maybe three, four people that I've stand for in my life, but of those four, I take pride in, yeah, I, I may have been loud about them, but I'm never going to be wrong. And if right. it's a situation where I feel I'm going to be wrong, I will shut the fuck up. Right. That's it. Oh, I think yeah. part of the problem is we don't know how to be wrong. We don't know how to apologize. And mm-hmm. we don't acknowledge. The big thing is yep. like, I think yeah. we probably all share here, like that we love music. We actually study music. 
Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't necessarily study it. They just want to teach about it, which is mm-hmm. a problem if you don't know anything. Mm, words. People don't know anything. I'm just words. saying, like, please learn something. And mm-hmm. I, I would love to learn from you. There's actually a lot to learn about because I'm currently trying to figure out how to properly old as a music head. And like, there's a whole bunch of new stuff that like is not terrible. Um, I, I really wanted to like do the homework for this assignment, but I got distracted mm-hmm. by that Yep album. Something new that I'm like actually kind of excited about. This almost never happens. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I know like all old music. So I'm like, all right, well, I have things to learn, but who gonna teach me? So. <laughs> <laughs> and I love, you know, uh, I was gonna mention Craig, Craig's pop life. He he has, I think mm-hmm. he's at the right age to where he can talk about certain eras, like set the going into the 70s and 80s and 90s. And he keeps up with the new artists. So I actually like look to his, what his uh, site and his Twitter on like who's the new pop artist or whatever because he has a really good ear on who's the like main attraction to these young because uh, again um the vmas came on i think what was it last week or the week before and it was like huh this is interesting i don't see what the for me i'm trying to get out of my head of what i like and see what that young art what that young generation likes this artist for whatever reason if I can see the difference, but I think us, we were just grew up on singers that came from the church. And for me, that was my taste of like, you had to have that soul, that grit, that honesty within that. And I think these younger generation, they don't really look for that. Like we did back then. I don't know. That's just, I, I just try to I'm still trying out. to figure out what everybody is looking for. Cause right. if there's like yeah. the last 10, 20, years of people that haven't been raised in the church like everyone else. Was. Mark, don't ask dumb questions. They're looking for a vibe. It's all about a vibe. A vibe. I was just about yeah. to say that. A vibe. That's the only word. word. Ours they just use. was like after church when they like left and was drinking. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I, I think what helps um, being an aging, well, aging uh, music fan or just Every um, someone who's in love. Aging. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but being of a certain age, you, I had to realize that you know no, what? To get out of because I, at first I hated everything. I was like, no, what is this? And then I realized, you know what? It isn't for me. In the same way that my grandmother hated like Janet Jackson, she hated Mary J. Blige, she hated Mariah Carey because it wasn't her era. It wasn't for mm-hmm. her. And even though like I'm listening to these kids um, vibe out to. The I'm not going to name people because I don't be rude, but the people that they do listen to, <laughs> y'all know I'm not fucking rude. The people but they do listen Shanae to. Aiko is a big vibe artist. Shanae Aiko. Oh, <laughs> See, I've been pronouncing her name wrong the whole time. I, that's my first problem there. I named I, I was pronouncing her last name Aiko. I, it could be. I, I might be wrong. Well, I mm. think you're right because it's like two people I saw. In YouTube my day, people way. had simple names like Shaka Khan. Mm. Like we didn't have to do all this, and it angers me. They've been had like 40 years to practice, and and still, S H A K A K A H N. Like really, you? But you tried anyway. You tried, but I hate when people's names are. I love Shaka Khan. Shock what? Who? <laughs> Shock what? If somebody has a name called Logic, but they ain't got no I in it, and it's like what? It's like a lot of artists <laughs> yeah. with, with with just letters. And like names. that six, that six black yeah. person or black. He yeah, I think he calls himself okay, black. Surprisingly, 
I found yeah. black uh, enjoyable so much so that I've stopped calling him six lack. But I can't. Well, I I got to get past the six lack and the the grammar and get into the music. But I can't get past the wait. Why is it like I I just need an explanation? Why is it six right. lack instead of right. just black? You know, I, this this artist, she's not necessarily a singer, but she's like a dancer, like an entertainer. And I think her name is Ruby Jackson. Young. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. And the key was a gem, though. But um, yeah. no, her name is like still young. Is. Still right is. Still <laughs> is a gem. Don't. It's don't entertainer. She's like, <laughs> right. Do not right. disrespect Reby. Like we can't do that. That's right. can't. That that cannot be allowed. I think I, think I heard her, somebody call her Reby Jackson. I still haven't. Reby. They Not yeah, so they don't know that Reby is clearly Reby. Like one E, Jackson. two Bs. Right. But I think I think her name is like Young BBQ, and I was like, that's Young Barb. That's a and the acronym is supposed to mean Young Big Black Queen. But I'm like, that's a Young Barbecue. <laughs> that says Young Barbecue to me. Every time I see it, I say oh. Young Barbecue. Young BBQ. Young Young Barbecue. Yeah. Huh. Is that like young MA is is not young? Yeah. Ma, young right, MA. right, exactly. It threw me but, off. I was like, young barbecue. That's what I see whenever I see that name. I like shouldn't have had wow. that name because it's confusing. And now I, I, I just see barbecue. Like I'm not gonna say BBQ, I'm gonna say barbecue. But yeah, it's like where's audience is white. No district. No, she has a predominantly black crowd. Should I yeah. shout outs to her? No disrespect. I'm not trying wait, to wait, wait, okay. I just I just want to understand. So it's young BBQ and it means beautiful black queen. Yeah. And she is a rapper, a singer, or probably all of the above. I think maybe. she's all she's like she does a lot of dance videos. Like oh, okay. if you if you go to her So she's Instagram, so she's a vibe. She's a vibe. Yeah, she's a vibe. Okay, she's a vibe. She can okay. dance though. But no, I just like saying like names like that, it's like it's confusing to me, but nevertheless shout out to those artists though. No disrespect. I don't want to those shots in the first episode. No, 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 no. disrespect you know, to any of them. All right, I'm just yeah, curious. No yeah. I know Brandon knows a lot about like the traditions of soul music. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of wondering what his take on on how vibe is. Because again, like we had a vibe with the Isleys. We we had a vibe with Sade. Like there's mm-hmm. been vibes throughout the years. Like mm-hmm. I saw, I don't know what it's like when when he actually hears it. Man, I, I mean, some of this stuff just, it's like NyQuil. Like I can't, I can't really get into, um, but I mean, it, it depends on the, the, the groove, I I guess I I just, I, some of this stuff just doesn't really incite me or does anything for me. You know what I'm saying? Like with Sharday, you could obviously shout out to the R. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to the R. Thank you. I mean, at least you can get grasp something with the, you know, the lyrics and her voice. And it's, you know, so tranquil. But now it's just like dark and no love and nothing. Yeah. I mean, there's just no love in, in R&B and, and, you know, what we think of as, you know, alternative R&B or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. it's just no love left. And, and that really, like, kills me a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, but I, I do want to make the distinction. We're talking just commercial, like top 40 R&B, because I do think there's love left in um, what we think of as R&B as a whole in the, in the genre. They're just mm-hmm. not 
on the radio. They're not the as radio. visible. Right. They're not at the VMAs or the BET awards or the whatever other awards go on now for people. Right. They're not there and they're not visible. Right. And that's a that's a topic as well, because it's like it feels like we're trying to hold on to not saying those are bad things like traditional ways of how artists came out, like how mm-hmm. we experienced them. And these kids don't even like it or experience music the way we did, like because the way we yeah. had music, not not to like put us in that box of like, oh, we're old and we just keep talking <laughs> old. Mean. But it's just nope. those ideas are like slowly fading away in terms of like traditional watching tv like mm-hmm. of course the ratings are like slowly going down with every award show v2 or no matter who they have on expensive there. like yeah. nobody wants to pay for that right nobody you know most of them are getting in their mid-20s late 20s so they're streaming hulu netflix all that stuff so they're not watching tv like that so catering to those that generation of kids, they don't watch TV like that. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. one kid that'd be no, like, yo, I sit I, down and watch TV every day. They don't. And I would argue that it's harder to cater to people when the listening experience is so different now than it was when yeah. all of us were growing up and coming to coming to coming into ourselves or into age is now they curate their own listening experience. There are these streaming networks. There are um, people who make their own playlists and they listen to that they they go on TikTok and find the TikTok playlist like that's what they listen to. Growing up, on the other hand, I can't speak for everybody here, but for me, it was listening to what my parents and grandparents also oh, listening okay. to, right? Because we had the radio, and it, it without the radio, radio played everything, you know, mm-hmm. to, up to a certain extent. But yeah. without that, it was like even without the radio in the first early stages of um, piracy and streaming, like the Napsters and the Bear Shares, it was. Everybody is listening to the same thing at once. Once the iPod, I mean, I guess you can go back into like when the Walkman became a thing. People Mm -hmm. are kind of curating their own individual experiences instead of doing Mm -hmm. it as a group. And I think that has an effect. I'm not going to say it's negative or positive, but that has an effect on the way in which people consume music and what they're exposed to. Because they won't be exposed to everything when they're only listening to this playlist, this playlist from Spotify with um, people that I'm not going to name, but those people there, or <laughs> if they're only listening to this playlist from Tidal or Apple Music, and it only has these people, and that's all they know, and they won't reach outside of that realm right. of possibilities because mm-hmm. they only want to listen to that one thing. I'm not judging them; they're wrong, but I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going <laughs> to say it's bad, but. That's just the reality. Like, we didn't have those individually curated experiences with music mm-hmm. unless we did it at home in right. front of the stereo, like I did, like mm-hmm. all day, oh. every day, pulling out records, scratching records. I'm sorry, life. Grandma. Grandma's still mad at me for a couple of them things, right. but you know, like, unless we didn't have that, yeah. right? I'm just saying, Grandma I'm, probably had a big, but <laughs> the, grandma, the grandmas now are like their throwback is T Pain. So, I thought she was about to say 13. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to No, up. I said these grandmas today, people's grandmas today right. was T-Pain. That was their, that was their oh, graduation wow, you're year. right. So it's like, yeah, so it's different. <laughs> My grandma was listening to Frankie Lyman and the teenagers. These kids are listening to Soldier Boy. Their grandma was listening to Soldier Boy and T-Pain. Like, it's a different time. It's a different era now. We got to be realistic, but... I love that we have a duality. I think we can see that side of it. And I think like great 
journalists like Brandon and Mark that, you know, you know, show their Instagrams of showing the vinyl, the classic albums, anniversaries. I think that plays a part in keeping it alive. Because I just now started buying CDs, like people that put out albums and buying their CD. Like, a, Well, see, I have a yeah. question, and specifically for Brandon and Mark. How in the hell do you remember album anniversaries? Because I don't. And there are only maybe three or four albums that I specifically remember the date that they were released. But everything else, when people pop up and they're like, oh, it's the 30th anniversary or the 40th. I'm like, how do you know and how do you remember that? Like, what is it about that album that makes it so special that you pinpoint, you know what? Tomorrow, this album turns 40 years old. Like, what is that? You know what? I've um, I've often just gone on Wikipedia, but shout out to Dart Adams because he yes. is like he is like the guy that you go to. You know, he will call you out if the album anniversary the wrong date. Date is not <laughs> yes. right. It's, if it's the wrong date, but I um, I usually just go and research uh, Billboard. I go um, just to different uh, sources because. Usually in the mainstream, a lot of the albums, the music that we love doesn't really get a lot of the attention, I, I feel, um, that it deserves. So, you know, I just go on and Wikipedia and just see where some of these dates, um, uh, uh, some of the release dates of, of some of the albums that, you know, don't get a lot, a lot of acknowledgement. So that's that's what I love. I mean, for me, it's just a fun thing that I started doing where maybe the year before I thought, well, what is turning 25 or 30 years old next year? Mm. And so like, I'm just going through my iTunes library. It's not even like anything super major. It's just stuff that I listen to and like, I'm like, Oh, okay. So I remember what was happening here. And so if there is anything interesting, mm. like in the context of like, like he was saying, like when we saw it on BET for the first time or things that you remember about an interview with an artist that isn't on YouTube, um, right. You can, like, relay mm. that since like you kind of become a griot. And in in that sense, it's like your way of kind of keeping the things that you love alive a little bit longer. Because, again, like we're we're all temporary, like eventually nobody's going to care about Prince. Nobody's going to care, care about Michael Jackson, like as mm -hmm. huge as they are. They're still people like 100 years later. They'll be like everyone else from 100 years ago that we can't necessarily name unless yeah, we actually learning our history. But for the time being, like there's an era and you can make it last as mm. long as possible as long as it's relevant, as long as it moves people, he'll still keep going. And in doing those anniversaries, even just a year at a time for fun on social media, nothing super serious, that makes it even better for me. Mm. It's like all nostalgia too. I think for me, remembering when I do album anniversaries, I would, it was just significant to, I remember when that album came out, like 91, mm -hmm. that whole year, I remember Luther Vandross, uh, Gerald LeVert, uh, Mariah Carey, Janet Jackson, like all those artists. Had I, I would just that, like to interrupt real quick to say 90, 1992 is probably the best year, but continue with your statement. Yeah, no. I was no. just saying, I'm trying to relate it to 20 years. You know what I mean? Did you have to do anything with particular yeah. artists, Eric? No. In 1992? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe...
and maybe music I mean, changed. I don't want to like, on the spot, but the no, you know what? It it could have been, but also I don't, I can't remember dates. You and Brandon are those people, so y'all remember dates. I don't remember dates, so I'm not good at that. But I just remember that being a great year, and for whatever reason, like the entire trajectory of soul music changed. I don't remember the details. But I can remember that much. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you, if you ever need help remembering details, you can just do it like I do it. I just remember yeah. how to spell Google. And <laughs> everything done. Wow. Okay. You know what? I get wait, it. So, it's actually pretty, pretty wait. reliable. I'll know what was happening in life because I'll remember certain songs showed up in a particular year. Years, right. yes. But months and dates, nope. That's where we can go to Wikipedia and we can go uh. Even though it's it's also kind of flawed, there's other places. Billboard, like uh, um, Brandon said, there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of places where you can find uh, those dates, and then there are also like printed anthologies that you can that you can reference that'll help you be mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, it might not have been online, but this this place actually has it. Right. Do y'all okay. still keep right? right. I, I'm just curious because mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm again telling my age, but do y'all keep like um. I guess certain magazines that had these artists in billboard charts and all that from I wish I had. Brandon, do you? Yeah, I I I keep a couple, but I've I've gotten a, I've gotten rid of some of them in the in the past, but I've kept some like from uh Rolling Stone. Uh, mm. I have a couple from uh Right On. This is like in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So, I've I've kept a few of them, but not I, I wish I more of them yeah okay it's amazing following craig's pop life seeing all those things that he's collected um yeah. like, thank mm-hmm. god for it. like so yeah, you were exactly. talking about um gosh people who don't necessarily know what happened because they was they weren't outside whenever mm-hmm. something interested me like i would start asking like my you know cousins my aunts and uncles and like my grandparents like hey so do you remember xyz like what do you know about that and they might give me information that was crazy because they was drinking, or they might give me information <laughs> that was like accurate because they saw it. <laughs> and right. the thing is, like, yeah, as an old, it's like, okay, there are certain things that aren't as relevant to me now. But when people do get interested about things that I was around for, if you happen to ask me, then I become like your lexicon. I'm your firsthand witness, mm-hmm. as opposed to like mm-hmm. when people to revise history and say, like, oh yeah, well, you know. Uh, Leah was always the queen of R&B. Like, well, she was always great at, at R&B. Like, that definitely was her lane. Um, there are probably other people who would have been more suited to queen. So here's probably what actually happened. She was really, <clears throat> the queen was probably this, a whole bunch of, you know, et cetera. So when people have these narratives that push, if you don't really feel like looking up anything, then you'll go with that and good on you, you know, that, that nobody calls you out like Dart Adams. But uh, yeah. a whole he's keeping the culture alive. I love that. I need we need more Dark Adams because I don't like. That's probably one experience of Twitter I don't like is when people throw out stuff that's not factually true. It's like no, you need to be checked because you know what I mean. Might need and to get your, your Twitter shut down. Would be awesome. Like yeah. I don't think people know what yeah. facts are. It, it's yeah, not it's an crazy. opinion that you really feel strongly about. That that's not a fact. Um, yeah, it's like you can't like you can't talk about certain areas if you weren't there. That's just my. I mean. Not saying that. Well, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. I mean, certain certain things like y'all talk about certain uh, eras of music. Like, I'm talking about sometimes. Not to keep bringing up Craig, but he's from that era, so I'm going to hold his opinion more of who was hot during 
the eighties more so than somebody that was born in, in 1999. Yeah. Right. yeah. 2000. That's just my thing. But get, you made a valid point with that because, and he was talking, <laughs> Evie mentioned 1992. The crazy thing about that year, you, somebody that just really took hip hop and R&B to the next level. And I remember that year so well. Mm. Mm-hmm. Talk about the artist that, what, what, mm. what year did she come to July 28th? 28th. Well, it might have been 91. July 20. It was yeah. July 28 was the date the album was released. In and I remember that's, it was on the that's when, And I remember those album that album dropped on a Tuesday. Mm. The albums mm-hmm. were dropping on Tuesday. Oh, there were certain areas right. where they would drop on Tuesday. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like I, I remember nice. because everybody was waiting on that album. So it's like it just certain things like you had to be there to experience it. And it's like. Tuesdays, like when albums drop, you were waiting for that. No, I, I think you're you're absolutely right. There are certain things that you had to be there to experience. But as someone who is um, a younger, a very younger, let me put that out there, Mark, stop making that face. You're a nice person, remember? As somebody who's a very younger, um, I there are often times that I'm put in situations with people who are 20, 30, 40 years my senior, and I know more than them about certain right. things. And I, I never want to um, make them feel like mm-hmm. they I don't know as much. Yeah, you, you know, it's it's kind of like sometimes I'm like, uh, like barbershop talk for perfect example. Mm-hmm. Like you hear people with these asinine statements and they're making these um, opinions that they pass off as fact. And you're listening, you're just kind of like, well, I'm not gonna say nothing because I know they're wrong about this. Like I because I know because I think a lot of times what we experience our memory only is extended as far as nostalgia stake. Right, it's never right. extended to like fact 100% of the time. So mm-hmm. when that happens, I'm like, I kind of <laughs> let the person who has the seniority have it. Like, well, you know what? You're right. I'll just be quiet. Even though I know I'm right. You know, I'm going to be quiet because I know you're remembering through a certain lens and that's the life that you lived and what you remember from that time. Even though like, yeah, but I've done the research on it, so... Yeah, right. And it's a specific thing. I think you're 100% right. I think it's a, it could be, like, multiple things in terms of, like, you have to be from a certain era, and also, like, somebody younger can really look at that era, analyze it, like, correctly. But, right. But it's certain things, like, it's just certain nuances, like, certain, pe- certain conversations that people that were from that era have, and I'm like, really? That's what you... Because specifically when Levert was out. Everybody that I, and I didn't know this was a thing. This is just certain people my dad's age and older, they they said that they preferred Sean's voice over Gerald's. And I was like, and I thought thought there was two people that said this was a thing. These Wait, were, I'm sorry. I'm talking about Sean, people. Sean who? Sean Wayans? No, they were, they were talking about <laughs> his brother. And I thought they were crazy. And then it was more people saying this. When I, I'm telling you, I travel everywhere. And I would ask people around that age. And they were like, yeah, I prefer Sean's voice than Gerald's. J- Sean had that sweet what I, And I thought it was crazy. Again, I'm not from that era. I didn't go to high school then. So I can't say, hey, your experience is invalid. Because <laughs> to me, Gerald is clearly the star of the group, you know, X, Y, and Z. But that was their experience when they were in high school. So okay. I can't 
Invalid. You know what I mean? I get I you. Mean, you, you. Yeah, you're right. You, you're I right. Have the same no. reaction. Yo, I you're right though. You, I can't because I know there are right. certain groups that I grew up on in the yeah. '80s and the '90s, and there are certain members I prefer their voice over people who are more popular, right? And who are like now the standout star, the preferred member of the group, right? So I get that, but. Yeah, Sean what I'm saying, over right. Gerald is but yeah, like I'm a, not there. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't. I wasn't 18 or 19 when they dropped. So my ears, I'm getting the famous superstar. Gerald well, I've been 19. I've been 19 for a long time now. I've you know, been 19 Gary, before the, the the lightning comes through wherever you live in, because I'm looking at you for your benefit. Because and I'm, I'm not saying that's my opinion. I'll tell you, this is what people were telling uh, me. This isn't anything I made up. This was you know what I'm thinking. That's what they said. Back in the day, which means like 20 mm. plus years. I wasn't ago. there. Oh, okay, no, no problem. That's okay. Um he he he's gonna owe me a new mic system when I'm done because I'm, I'm I'm so sick of him right now. Because if so, he makes me choke on this, I'll he's he I'm gonna send an invoice. I'm, I'm drinking my healthy smoothie and I'm just listening to y'all. Right, 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 right. Oh my goodness. Uh, also, I think the smoothie is 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 code for like, I'm going to let you go ahead and just embarrass yourself. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, whatever. So, as a teen, I was not listening to the OJs, right? But I was watching BET and I remember Cedric the Entertainer doing a whole routine about how different Eddie LaVert was from Walter Williams. So, mm-hmm. at this point, I knew mm-hmm. Eddie LaVert was Gerald's dad and he was in the OJs, but I didn't know anybody else in the group. I didn't realize the group itself had like a balance to it. It wasn't just Eddie Levert Sr. like doing all the singing. I'm like, oh, yes, you have a counterbalance with Walter. Wait, there's mm-hmm. a third thing with a name. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's the thing that gets you curious about it, but I had to learn about somebody else who was who was there. So mm-hmm. shout out to Eric. That was, that was, um, again, yeah, that's, that's, that's great, it's a great name. Great. I'm just going to put that in. There. <laughs> it's a great yeah. name. <laughs> I mean, I think so. But, but um, um, to your point about Sean, I guess, yeah, I guess it, Mark, when you, you don't like mentioned Sean? the OJs. No, I, it's not that I dislike him because even in the OJs, like, I love Eddie. Walter. Like, it's something so special. But Walter is my favorite voice. He's He is he is why I love the OJs, but I think Eddie is why the OJs are popular. So mm-hmm. there right. could be mm-hmm. people who love Sean. And that you know, that's why they love the the. I mean, they love Levert, but Gerald is why Levert is popular. I mean, yeah. it, it's kind of it's complexities to, with their voices. Yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's so many. I think that's why. Right. And I can't. I can't. I'm. Not, and this is not me putting Sean down at all because, you know, yeah, I I, I love Levert like always, but I. I, I can see why somebody could say that when you bring up like right. the OJs and I'm thinking about Walter. I'm like, oh, Walter can sing anything. And I'm just like, yes. But I, I realized that Eddie's voice was that special voice. It's like there are mm-hmm. people who love Destiny Child and they love Kelly's voice because Kelly to them has the best voice and right. it's more nuanced than the other members. Exactly. But Beyonce is why. Yep. The best Destiny Child is even popular. It's, it's just, I don't right. know. Right. You made, that's exactly my point. Yeah. You see, you but, hit it right on the head, right what there. We usually don't say that Michelle is why their sound was stable. Yeah. She, the bridge. And, oh, that bridge. Part yeah. The bridge, great. literally, figuratively, Michelle is the bridge. I love Michelle Williams. I love her voice because it reminds me of people I grew up with in church singing. And it mm-hmm. wasn't 
all the time I got from Michelle is that maybe you weren't necessarily meant to sing this genre of music, but you killed it, whatever you were assigned to sing. Like you came through and come on now. Every I think all four of us on here right now could say that we've listened to Destiny Child. And I don't think anybody could say that the bridges of their songs, you know, post Michelle were not some of the best parties. Well, this is a thing that exactly. usually doesn't get said about Michelle. Um, and this is another thing that you have to know if you were around, like for the beginning of an artist, like to the, you know, to the end, like not just for Michelle, but any artist. Um, when, it, when it started out, she was learning how to be a solo artist. Everything didn't entirely work for her. But there was an extreme leap between her ability to control and, and optimize her voice in her first album and her second album. Because between that, I think she was on Broadway doing Aida. Yes. And you can't be like a, any kind of half-stepping vocalist like on Broadway. It will nope. definitely like show you up. Nope. Mm-hmm. Like all that yes. showed up on her album. She brought it back to Destiny's Child, which helped them strengthen even for what was it? Uh, Destiny Fulfilled. Destiny Fulfilled, yes. You're so, right. I mean, You're absolutely there's, right. Is a is an arc for an artist because what often happens with these people with the hot takes is they want to be like, oh yeah, this person has always been dope. But like, no, no, they weren't. Like no, two we performances on Six and Park, and that was not it. it listen, <laughs> listen. Shout out to Michelle right. Williams, though. I I just have to say that because I am a person who has laughed at a lot of Michelle's missteps. Like I do. But at the same time, I realize how valuable she is, to, I mean, especially to the success of the group after, you know, 1999 or after 1998, whenever they dropped um, the writings on the wall and they came in, the girls came in for she and Farrah for Survivor or whatever the album was called. I realized how valuable she was. But at the same time. I think sometimes it's just fun to laugh. I'm just sometimes I've watched eight minute YouTube videos that is nothing but Michelle messing up. And I feel bad about that because I know she struggles with mental health. So I'm like, why is this even out here? But I'm laughing because it makes me feel good. Like my smoothie. It you know, feel good. you know, what? E, you transition perfectly to what we're going to be talking about tonight. The savvy topics. I'm perfect. We get to, That's what I do. We get to. Right. You are. Perfect in your own little special way. Special. No, we're going to get to the... Oh, you know, right. Well. I'm debating on what I want to call this uh, segment. I'm going with savvy topics. May change it around. Don't know. But bear savvy with me. Savvy shit. I vote for savvy shit. Savvy shit. Okay. I like to we'll say go. shit like I'm from the <laughs> South because shit. I am, but savvy shit. Shit. That's what my grandfather used to say when he would sneeze. Shit. That's shit. It. it would savvy just come shit. out. Country, Oklahoma, man. But yeah, um, savvy topics. We're we going to go with that. We're going to try to try this out a little bit. But first on, what we're going to be talking about is the Aretha Biopic Respect movie that was released in theaters la- uh, late August. Uh, it was released first in the movie theaters, and then it was also released via stream, which I would have, that would have been my second pick to do that because I only went there because I didn't think it was going to be on streaming service, but it was on demand. Uh, leg. That's what I did. <laughs> right. That that could have been another option. But <laughs> when E.B. said that, it made me think of Jennifer because it's like the, not to give a <laughs> I, we, we don't deep dive in. We're going to deep dive into the we're going to give a review of the Respect movie. But when I think of Jennifer Hudson, I always go to the jokes. Loud. And loud. yes, but, that's loud, the, but I enjoy the loudness. But loud. But the thing Just was, loud. like it was moments in 
uh, in the movie to where I was like feeling it, especially when it got to the James Cleveland and they got to singing uh, mm-hmm. Precious Memories and we, they started getting into that. And when she sung uh, Ain't No Way, like I felt every part of it, but it was a part of me wish it was on stream and I could enjoy it at home because it felt like she was singing in my ear the whole time. I didn't know she, she was, was going to be singing so much in the movie. She was. And it felt yeah, like no, she, was she was like was. right here in my ear. Like, no, was, she was. She, she made it. Actually, in her contract, had a headache year, she had to go to each home that played the movie and she had to hide behind the couch and she had to sing. So while you thought she was singing just on the television, no, she was behind your couch screaming at you and letting you know that she is Aretha. Like, I'm That's trying to it. stay in a moment as her Aretha, but then it's like, it's like she right here yelling in my ears like, don't try to be. And I was like, God. Damn, you loud as hell in this theater. Great singer, oh. though. Great singer, man. Her mouth, Great her, singer. her voice is already in surround sound, so hearing that, <laughs> it's automatically in that volume. So experiencing that in the movie theater is just like, God damn, you're loud as hell. It was, it was like she was right here, right here. And then just whispers on the track. It you know, insane. Jennifer's like, you know what? I'm going to make up for this. She's going to carry it on her back. I appreciate that. <laughs> She's going to carry it on her back and everybody else's back because we hear it. We feel it. I tried to wait for everybody to watch it before I gave the spoiler because I'm giving all spoilers through my... Aretha don't die at the end, do she? Oh, Lord, no. Where are we at right now? What is going on? (laughs) Mark Chappelle. This is the first episode, Mark. What is... What are you going to tell me? Mark. End of the movie. What is, what the, <laughs> what is going on right now? What is going on? He was talking about spoilers, I'm just saying. God damn, Jesus I mean, well, they didn't even get that far, which annoys me still about the movie. Like, yeah, they didn't get That's that far. I think, I, for one thing, okay, I'll tell you this. I was very happy to see that. First of all, shout out to David Ritz because as a biographer, a music bio, like I want him to write my life story. Like I, I everything this, he's this written, I read. Yeah, he he is the one. But mm-hmm. I'm glad that we got to see um, a lot of the Columbia years because mm-hmm. I don't think enough is given to that period of her career. So I'm I'm glad for that. But on the other hand, I'll just say it. I hate. I hate biopics. I, I, what do you call them? Biopics or biopics? I right. hate them because I want the documentary. I tried to say bi- mm. biopic, and people are just like biopic. It's biopic. I'm like biopic. It's hard for me to biopic. say that. Biopic. Okay. I, wait, wait. What is it? I don't know where I got it's biopic. biopic. <laughs> it's biopic. Oh, I've been saying it wrong. Okay, thank you, thank you, Brandon, for calling <laughs> me out. This is so great. We will have biopic. you back next. <laughs> Next show, you'll be back to correct all of my wrongs. I've been saying biopic forever, so thank you for that. I, look, I, okay. I'm pretty sure the biopic. I'm bougie. Is- I went to Howard, so I say biopic. Like oh, biopic. You it know, do sound like you' about to do a performance, but that's another word. Sorry, I think. But go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go but ahead. but I, what I'm saying is, I'm glad that we got to see the Columbia years, but I don't, as a whole, I don't like biopics. Um, <laughs> Because we, <laughs> it, it's because everything is like dramatized for entertainment value, and it's 
we're never getting the full story. And if, if you're someone who is a lover of music, if you're a connoisseur, if you're an aficionado, then you don't want the entertainment value. What you want is the fact, you want the story, you want like, you know, the value in their artistry and not necessarily, I don't want to say who they were as a person because we do want to know who they were as a person, but you don't want all the extra shit. And I think we got a lot of extra shit sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I will say it was a great film because there were times that we got down to the interesting Franklin family dynamic. Um, I wish we would have gotten more of that family dynamic. I think the relationship with Ted, um, you know, I'm glad we saw that. I wish, I just wish that Aretha herself, you know, not in actual Aretha, wasn't so guarded about her life story because I think that also hinders a lot of what we get because Aretha has been so guarded and I don't blame her from being guarded. Like that's just, you know, she had a hard life. Like not even before her career, she had a hard life all throughout her career, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm glad that we did get something and I'm, I'm glad that Jennifer was the person to do it because I can't see anybody else doing it justice yeah. the way that Jennifer did. Like yeah. Aretha wanted Halle Berry. Do you think Halle Berry would have been up there with her BAPS wig on talking about Mick, I need five? No, listen, Jennifer, loud as she is, her loudness serves a purpose. And I think back in the day, a lot of times people said the same about Aretha. Why is she screaming at us? Why is she so loud? Mm-hmm. So I get it. I just wish it was just a documentary. That's it. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. My, and I had the same issues, 52 from 72. I just have an issue with that because it's like, this is what you, this is y'all standard, white people's standard of soul music. And so this white people's music uh, standard of what soul music is. And you base Aretha's entire career on from 1952 to 1972. And it's like, for me... Experiencing Aretha, I see all the accomplishments like singing for two different presidents, black president. Like, I would have liked them to really get into the areas to where, because she's pretty much birthed like three different generations of singers. I would have loved they four. really get four, right? Four. four generations. Why couldn't we get into like, okay, you showed Dinah Washington. And I, I I love all the acting. Like Mary did a phenomenal job playing her because when that moment happened Ooh, on Mary. stage, Mary, oh, oh Mary J. Blige. Mary, Mary, Blige. I've heard of her. <laughs> Mary J. Right? Nineteen ninety two. Right. What's the make sure. That was I think that was a pivotal moment. I think showing that I, it was a really mm-hmm. great moment. Cause when that happened, I'm actually kind of glad now that I watched that sure, again because when, when in the it part of the movie when Mary where Aretha's Yes, she's playing Donna Washington. Right. When when the queen of hip hop soul became the queen, right. Dinah Washington, that was yes. that was a great moment for me. I don't and know. Dinah Washington, they were trying Columbia, they were trying to make her the next Dinah Washington, basically Aretha. And Dinah didn't care too much for that. And it was a moment where she was trying to give homage to her while she was in the audience. The so you, Mary playing practice, right? Say it again. You're going to correct us, right? Because I know Eric's not going to leave you out there, right? Right? <laughs> now, uh, take that drink down. Mark, I'm being healthy. I'm drinking my smoothie. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm going to add a little. Tequila, I'm going to add. Smoothie. I'm going to add just a little more um, medicine to it. Tequila smoothie. Wow, this is fantastic. But Brandon, Brandon where you at? That, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. So, <laughs> so you're not unnerved at all, because like, again, I I love that 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 scene happened. It's cool. And it's dramatic, but that that wasn't Aretha's story. Right. Well, you know. I have my own grievances with this. this no, it was not. What the hell? How we going? <laughs> right, that was. Wait, okay. I'm talking about I the mean, acting performance. Okay, fine. The acting performance. I mean, that talking particular about scene may have not happened exactly. When but, you say right. it may have, don't you just mean not happen? Well, what? But the sentiment was the same. But the, right, the sentiment right, right, was the right. same. I'll tell like, you what they show, Mark. This how, is what they show. You know, that's how Dinah and a I'm lot give- of other people actually felt at the time. Right. So I, you know, Mary, only, listen, Mary can only do what they put in her contract. If they didn't put in her contract <laughs> to tell the truth, then she can't tell the truth. Why do you expect more from the Queen of Hip Hop Soul than you expect from me, Mark? I don't understand. Eric, what is wrong? Did you just say if she, if she, what the fuck? Listen, my queen, listen. Because this has gone off the rails. This is not. No, I think. But that's what I mean. But that's what I mean mean by the dramatization of these biopics when you have to put stuff in there just for entertainment value. Like, come on. I mean, we know. Donna wasn't at the club turning over tables because who she is or who I assume that she was, that would have shown that you were threatened. So, of course, she wouldn't have done that. But you had well, to put that in there. For well, I haven't made that, that, but Bobby but, Brown did try to fight Usher that one time in a club. Who are we talking about? Who? Bobby Brown? Um, you say I like that. my last remark stricken from the record. Bobby Brown, who um tried the to date of our, the king, who, of who tried to date the centipede's daughter, have, is that what we're talking about? I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm just saying. Okay, Q, I had, you said something that that made me think of something else when you said that. Okay, are what are you basing this off of? If that is not true about the Dinah Washington part, before I continue on. Okay, so that that segment of what happened where. Uh, I think Aretha was doing Unforgettable and in the movie, mm. like uh, Mary mm-hmm. J. Blige does this whole like tur- table turning thing that actually happened with Etta James, not Aretha. Not not a, yeah. Okay. But like, you okay. know, again, I think people have called that out, but I'm like, no, let me not be a part of this whole like incorrect retelling. I mean, okay. it's very, very cool. Like it fits the film, but the thing that I don't like about biopics slash biopics <laughs> is that like I'm watching thinking I'm getting an education. No. Oh, that's, that's what I'm not doing. Right. No, I've I never watched. Never. Yeah. I will I say this. So, like, the I first, I feel the like, first, like I'm watching. I'm like, this is amazing. But now I feel like I got to go back and research everything to find out what's actually true. No, I think the first um, biopic slash biopic. Thank you for that. H <laughs> U. Um, I think my my first time realizing that this shit ain't real is watching the What's Love Got to Do With Me movie. And I was like, oh, okay, this has to be entertainment. Is it about the timeline like, or, or something that was like wildly inaccurate? Ev- ev- both. Both and all. Like everything wildly inaccurate. Yeah, and, and, I, and I get why it was done, but that was the first time that I really was like, you know what? 
don't trust these. And not saying that you should trust any biography 100%, but they tend to be more accurate than these biopics or these biopics. And they're like, just like what you just brought up is a prime example. Like right now, what you're doing is you're combining two historical figures into one person because you know, it'll make great TV or great, a great movie. Mm-hmm. And people who don't know are people who are not as in love with music as we are. They're going to watch that and they're going to take everything they see as fact. Like I think about all of the, um, and I know we're going to talk about it, but the Rick James stuff that people just take, as this is fact, or I think about Tina's life and how people say, no, this is fact because they got it from a movie or because they got it from a, a skit that they saw. And it's like, but that's not what really happened. And now what you're doing is you're carrying this inaccurate um, portrayal of this person into the future. And it becomes part of their story when it's Look, so false. Shout out to everybody else who thinks that Tana Jackson asked Tupac to get an AIDS test before kissing him in Poetic Justice. Poetic Justice. Oh my God. Oh my God. I feel like- People really believe that. Times. People, people really don't necessarily believe, believe it anymore. Like, nah, nah, she probably didn't do that. She, like, she didn't do that. What the hell? Wow. Well, it was like- No, the centipede like would never COVID. birth someone who would ask for an AIDS I mean, even at the time, Poetic Justice was what, 1993? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. No. E, what is wrong with you, sense. man? What? What? what do you mean? What? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, edit this at all because I just, I feel. For ease protection, you should probably cut some things out. No, no, no. We cut nothing out Brandon, because I don't no, want we, nothing cut out. We, we, my truth is my truth. No, please cut. Mr. No, please cut all can this. You, can you add some sanity to this? I, Mark, I've, you. I've spent time with you. I know that that shirt is a lie. Listen. <laughs> terms and conditions may apply. They always they apply. Not, not, they might not. I'm just saying. <laughs> could be, could be not. Who's to say? Not when you ask it. Her, her passing away was a spoiler. That that's. I need to recover from that. Brandon, your thoughts. <laughs> what do you think of the read the movie? Yeah, when, um, when you watched it, I, yeah, I didn't. I I shared the same uh, sentiment with. Yeah, yeah, I shared the same sentiment with uh, Eric. I, I did not. It's not so much that I didn't like it. I just felt like it was very guarded um, in mm-hmm. many parts. And there was just mm-hmm. so many inaccuracies in this movie that it's just like, mm-hmm. it just killed me. And the way that, uh, I mean, I, I'm i not a big Jennifer Hudson fan. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of her um, actress, a, a, her as an actress. But her, her being herself, I just, you just mean? felt it, well... Okay, no, I'm sorry. No, continue, Brandon. I, yeah. I interrupted. Continue. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, you make a good point. Yeah, that's why did I even say that shit? But oh my God. <laughs> um, 
I just I just felt like this could just be treated so much better, her story. Um, and it brought me to another point. Earlier this year, um, Nat Geo did a um, Genius Aretha, wasn't it? Yes, with Cynthia And I just Rebo. felt like that was just with Cynthia Rero, who did a mm-hmm. okay. She didn't. She did what the story she allowed did. her to do, but it covered way more ground. So yes. when you same get time period, respect, but way more right, ground. way more ground. So mm-hmm. when you get to respect, it's like you're covering just a specific period of this woman's life mm-hmm. and so it just it and then and then they just tried to cram everything into her life mm-hmm. into this, this movie so it's just i i was just disappointed i was just really disappointed and uh another thing i wonder what the budget was for this movie because in a lot of the scenes it was i don't know it was the lighting was off it just it just felt more like a tv movie something that you would put on lifetime it should have been a three night miniseries that was yeah. put on yeah. that. I mean, that's what it feels like. I hate, like, I don't want to put anybody down who was involved with the production because I, for what it was, I think they did a great job. But like Brandon said, it as a fan and as someone who has done the homework and who knows the history, like you you just feel a bit disappointed, like a let down a little, like, I thought this was going to be the one I thought we were going, especially after the Nat Geo mm-hmm. earlier this mm-hmm. year, because you just assumed that the big budget quote unquote production was going to be better than that one. But the story wasn't there. And I think they had to cram everything into two hours mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> how many time? Yeah. It's kind of like what they did with the uh, James Brown biopic, which I, I was oh. disappointed with. As well, oh, that, I don't. I don't even talk about that, it. That yeah. order of that movie is so trash. It's horrible. I hate it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to say so much about James Brown. Kulin knows some of what I want to say, but I'm gonna be quiet. Y'all go ahead and talk about it. <laughs> Please don't. I know exactly what you're talking bro- about. He's still soul brother Please number one, though. I'm number three. Don't. Texas number two. I'm number three. But you know, shout out to Please James Brown. Don't. I beg of you. Please don't. <laughs> but. Like you said, I have an issue. That was the, the biggest disappointment that they just spent. Because at some point, when it got to Amazing Grace, when they started talking about how she made that album, I was like, okay, we're going to progress past this era. Nope. Because the movie was already over with after she did Amazing Grace. I was mm-hmm. like, this is great. And then when it ended, I'm like, oh, this is it? We just doing 20 years? That was. But that's when I thought, like, the when we got to the Amazing Grace scene, I was like, okay, it's actually getting good. Because I thought we were going to see more about her artistry and her creativity and Mm -hmm. why she wanted to do it. And everybody, all the players involved in that. But then we got like text on the screen and I was just like, oh, it's over. Like, right. That was the biggest disappointment. I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I get why Aretha chose or. Well, I get why Jennifer was Aretha's second or third (laughs) choice because she wasn't the first. Let's be real. I, I get why. Am I lying? Like she wasn't the first. She wanted Halle Berry. Halle Berry. It's just the way you yeah. said that it was funny. But I'm saying I get why because I am a person who, um, Brandon. Brandon, you said you were not the biggest Jennifer Hudson fan. Yeah, I. You know, I. I get it. Like you, like you said, Eric. I get why she was chosen, but it's like right. Let's be honest, I, and, and, and let's be honest. She's okay. playing Effie 2.0. She's playing Jennifer Hudson 3.0. Like, she is my very own Louis Vuitton bag. Like, 
Jennifer yeah, I- is always Jennifer. And I don't, this is the thing about Jennifer. I think Jennifer has a phenomenal voice. I think Jennifer is great. I don't think Jennifer's solo material, I don't think she's found the right producer to um, hone her sound in to be less um, and more, you know. Um, but like you like thinking like you were the only person who could pull off. Well, you could pull off both both um, acting, quote unquote, and singing at the same time and making it your own. Like, I, I don't think Cynthia Erivo did um, the best job, but I think there were certain scenes in the Nat Geo production that she really brought life to. Like all of the muscle, so the muscle shows um, that segment of it. I was like, okay, I feel what you're feeling. Like I see Aretha right now, you know, without the lisp. I mean, that should have been a big part of it, but whatever. But I think Jennifer was probably the best person to bring it all together because nobody else, like who else do we have right now who would have been able to do everything? Vesta is dead. Vesta can't do nothing no more. Vesta would have been the only one. Or Reby Jackson, but Reby is too old to be Aretha. I, I'm probably going to regret asking this. Mm-hmm. Which is why I should ask it. Mm-hmm. What do you think the Respect movie would have been like with Fantasia as the lead? <laughs> I don't want to make a bad joke, um, but I'm going to make it anyway. That's the only kind you know. Well, so you're right, because that's who I am. Characters. Well, first of all, would she have been able to read the script? Number two, I think Fantasia's <laughs> voice is, although I love her voice, I don't think Hewlett left the camera. That's weird. Um Although I love, I love Fantasia's voice. I don't think that Fantasia's voice is necessarily suited to sing Aretha. I think only certain people, I don't like being the only person on camera. Certain people are suited to sing. I why you are like this. Certain people are suited to sing Aretha's song. Hold on. Because who else? If Okay, if Fantasia had did it, we would have got a whole of yeah, 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 yeah. And Aretha, that wasn't what... Fantasia is a Jennifer is not the best actress, but she's a singer that can take herself outside of herself Evie. when singing. Why Fantasia are you like can't this? do that? I listen, why did, this whole thing. You, uh, you say things I'm, and then you just keep going like you just didn't because they're right. I'm, I'm, my entire <laughs> diaphragm from laughing. I'm just saying, like, like I'm, I'm I'm not even recovered from the Effie White one. Like y'all just kept going and I'm trying no, to catch my listen, from that. Fantasia's a great singer, but I don't think. And although I don't think, uh, and I know Jennifer has, Jennifer has an Academy Award, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Although I know she has an Academy Award, I don't think she's the best actress because mm-hmm. I have not seen a role where she's not just been, like Brandon said, Effie White. Like, I don't, I've not seen oh, that. Oh, that was Brandon that right. said Effie Yeah, he White. said Effie was, White 2.0. Okay. No, that was so Brandon. I'm Brandon for no, that was Brandon Owsley. O-U-S-L-E-Y. You can so look Brandon is who I need That's to blame. Okay, yeah, no, That's but okay. I don't think Fantasia would have been able to not become Fantasia at any point. And I'm not saying that Jennifer was never Jennifer, but there were moments where I feel like Jennifer stepped outside of herself and tried to embody the spirit of Aretha. 
Okay, so I would have to do this on Twitter. Why not do it here? Oh God! Um, since Let's it can't it. be Fantasia and and it can't be Jennifer, who do you think as a singer? Reby Jackson? I'm going to finish this statement. I'm going to act like you didn't interrupt me. Listen, audience, if, if you're okay. drinking, you can just keep drinking every time he says Reby Jackson. Just keep <laughs> drinking. So, like, uh, can you think of anyone? <clears throat> Who can even do a credible Aretha impression as a singer? To make as a singer, as not a, a singer, not an actress. You don't you don't know him, but or I don't know if you know this gospel singer, Krista Rucker. I want to tell you the pitch and the the vocal is exact replicate of Aretha. She's phenomenal. She's the only one that has the same because most of them they sing full voice. Aretha would go in and out of. Her, her chest I kind of want to name Sasha Allen, almost. Um, Wasn't she on The Voice? She was. Um, good. And she's covered Aretha, and she sounded great covering Like, okay, this is the thing. There have been a lot of people who've sounded great covering Aretha. Like, Lettucey has sounded great. Whitney Houston has sounded great. But people who have embodied the vocal spirit not even just vocal, but the spirituality of Aretha. There are not many that I can think of. Um, there really aren't. Now, you, you know no. how much I love Shaka Khan. There's yeah. Tennessee like in that mm-hmm. idiom. Mm-hmm. Patterson. Yeah. Uh, yep. yep. Yes. It's the same thing. Because <laughs> although they sound, although they can do Shaka songs and sound great, shout out to Erica for mumbling her way through Stay on that live album. I love it, but you mumbled it. Um, they can't, not the same thing they, can't be, they can't be Shaka. Right, that part. You know, Mark, it's like right. people can't be Aretha. People can't be, well, I was about to say people can't be Patty, but no, Patty, people coming for you. They, they get it down. I hate to say it, but oh, I, I think. I'm aware of this happening. Honestly, think of the, they used to call Natalie Cole little Aretha. They used to call Shaka Khan mm. little Aretha. And they used to be lying. Who else has been called? Because I love Natalie. Natalie. Just, they, they weren't. Not have well, you heard her sing Little Prayer? I mean, uh, with, with Whitney, that they were killing that. I, yeah, people, they like to call you little whoever. And I think in These certain instances, that's great. their own identity. So they're right. assumed by Aretha. They Right. Um, and I right, think Aretha right. is one of those people that gospel or what they call secular, like, we, we won't have another one of those because... Mm-hmm there was a very specific era and a very specific upbringing that she had that made the totality of who Aretha Franklin was as an artist. And that Mm -hmm. time period, those conditions don't necessarily exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I think about like a Janet Jackson coming into Mm -hmm. play and, you know, everything that made Janet the icon she is today, those conditions don't exist anymore. Like those players don't exist in the same way that they did. So I don't think that they're not as confident, right? They're not. I don't think anybody could really, there were, I'll be honest. There, there there was no one who could pull off this role. And I've been like, that was a good movie. Cause Mm -hmm. I already went into it with doubts. Like, I know this is going to be wrong. I know this is going to be wrong. Like the story is Mm -hmm. one thing I knew that was going to be wrong, but I knew Mm -hmm. you can't get the lisp. You can't get the accent. You can't get Aretha sass. Cause Aretha was a sassy woman. Like, Right. Just naturally, she tried. She tried to when she was like, "Call me Miss Franklin." They tried to add it in there a little bit, but not really. <laughs> it was a part in it when she's talking to the record label. Uh, oh, I giggled. The CEO like of the record label, and she oh, was like, God. 
No, call me Miss Frank. He was trying to call Aretha. She was like, no, call me Miss Franklin. They were trying to, but yeah. yeah. I, oh, I can't get to I like think biopic. This is going to be good. The what biopic? Right. Like a Diana Ross biopic. Look, that's someone who could probably be better. You already have my agony. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Dream girls, right. Dream girls. I was going to say, honestly, and I think Mark may have been almost on his way to saying this and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a Diana Ross biopic or biopic H-U, um, I think <laughs> I think that may be the one time that I'm like, that was really good because I think that it's easier for you to be Diana Ross than to be Aretha Franklin. Just like, I think, for instance, I think even though I have problems with the what's love got to do with it. Um, I think Angela Bassett did a great job of embodying the spirit of Tina during those times, although the story was inaccurate. So I, I'm, I think that somebody could really mm-hmm. embody Diana. Aretha was so complex and she was so, especially during the time period that we're restricted to for her story, which I'm still mad about. But mm-hmm. I think that there's no way that anybody could 100% embody that without it upsetting or not even upsetting, but coming off as wrong to someone. I think with Diana, it's easier, but that's also a bias that I'm saying that because I'm not the biggest. I love Diana Ross, but I'm not a fan in the way that I'm a fan of Aretha. So I could be very wrong on that. You know, it's interesting in, in this like Aretha is literally inimitable. Like you can try, but you just can't really duplicate her. Yeah, Ruby Jackson, just like her. Yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> um, look, look. Mm-hmm. Start talking shot about five to the listening yeah, audience. Can, Take your shots. Enough. Like, be a Ruby fan if you're going to be a Ruby fan. Like, get me to your space. Like, that's what I want to hear with you. That's another day. That's my shit. <laughs> I still can do the dance, the whole video. But and I, the, the I agree. Suit, the red cat suit. <laughs> with, with, with Shanice's hair and all, I can still do it. That's what's up. See, Shanice didn't need it. Love Ruby had that. But, like, the I'm thing sorry. Of, right. <laughs> the thing about this biopic is that everything EB said I agree with. It's like the time frame. It's like... It just irked me that it was just those 20 years because I felt like her life was, like I said, white people's standards of what Aretha was to soul music. So basically mm-hmm. what I got from that movie was that, oh, her 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 top tier moment in musical history was just Amazing Grace. And that was it. For me, I love her 80s. Like I love everything post amazing grace so to limit it to that and to me i was more excited though but they did at the end of the credits they start naming all of her accomplishments but i feel like that didn't do it justice i felt like we need to go through like i would have preferred like even delve into like what she was feeling when her father died like i was kind of looking for that i thought they were going to go into that and i thought they were going to talk about her as a musician for that time period, for her to be playing it, and they were like, that was not a thing for women in the industry to do. I'm going and she to played by this. ear, and so when that happened, I was like, y'all, she was such a great pianist, and she played by ear. Like, yep. I don't know if anybody knows like how hard it is to play by ear. It's not, it's, it's not, not a skill everybody has. No. And sing at the same time, it's all <laughs> and yeah. sing. And I will say this. 
but that yeah. even oh, during like for the duration of the movie, I, I could not help but think that anytime that we get these biopics or these biopics, H-U, um, <laughs> that are about women, that they are centered around the woman's role in a man's world or the man in their life. Just mm-hmm. like everything is centered around for that movie. Yeah. It's just like, why are we, why are we talking so much about this? So I'm going to ask all three of you this, if there is any period of Aretha's life that you would have wanted the biopic, the biopic to focus on what period of her life would that have been? Mm-hmm. I would have liked for them to go from her Columbia years all the way to like maybe when she did like um, in the genius Aretha, um, they went from Columbia all the way to when she did the uh, Grammys, the 1998 Grammys, um, Mm -hmm. which I thought was perfect um, and telling and encapsulating her story. But I don't know. I just think that this this movie it was just so formulaic. I mean, they just who I, I respect the screenplay. The the um the the woman who wrote it, I believe this is her debut. But the way they just they just treated the story. I mean, it was just so much. It 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 just left a lot to be desired. And I just wish that they did a better job in really just hitting those nuances in her life and in, in her music artistry you know her musical artistry so I, I was just i was just disappointed but if i could pick a period it would be from columbia all the way to 1998 the 1998 grammy awards when she did um um Nessa Do- uh yes yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. that shout was, out to Pavarotti. that's my that bit. was literally the best to me, one of the best like performances, when you talk about top performances, that would be my preference too. I was going to go more Arista, but I guess I could fast forward a little bit when she did the inauguration with President Clinton and whatnot, but I might have, mm-hmm. just that, but either way, I would have specifically, because I wanted to know what her perspective was in terms of how music was changing in 1980, specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, I would want to know, yep. like, yep. what was yes. that idea of what jumped to it, like, what was the process? Because I feel like that's one of, that's one of my favorite albums. Because I love the backgrounds on there. I love Luther on there. I love everybody on that Shout album. Shout out to Tawatha, Brenda Tawatha, White. Brenda, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? That because to me, yeah. her excellence doesn't stop in '72. So mm-hmm. to like I said, white Not people standards. It kind of just begins Aretha. when you really think right. about it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I want to know. All the like I said, the generations that came after her, what was her take? Because every every interview that I've ever, ever seen, they always ask, What did you think about this new artist? Whitney, what do you think of this artist? This artist, and that was pretty much her entire career post you know her legendary status of like these new pop artists. What do you think of them? And she would either give you a nice sound bite or whatever, or she'll give you the real whatever. But <laughs> I would have loved to what her specifically with Arista with Clive Davis. I would have known what made her go there. What what was the thought process going into making those albums? That's what I was. Mm. I think that was more my disappointment that I didn't get those specific things that mm. made Aretha in terms of her musicianship, like being a fantastic pianist by ear, is mm-hmm. like unheard of, mm-hmm. especially for that time period where 
females didn't do that. They didn't write music. They didn't produce music. They didn't do any of that. And for her, for that not to be shot, just let you know, it's just Hollywood machine of just getting the, oh, we got the abuse story. We got the drug story. We got the alcoholic story. We just going to jumble that in. Yeah, we're going to get the formula yes. of that. So, yeah. but again, I love the act. I, I kind of, not to compare it to this movie because it's a whole different genre, but I said the same, I gave the same review of coming to, to America in terms of, okay, the actors did a phenomenal job with what the script they were given, but in terms of the dialogue, in terms of the indefiniteness yes. of it, it didn't reach that, like, no, like it was a great, Perfect. like it was a great. They did what the script was. You like did they can only do so much. Expected, and expected. Right. you did that. But you know but that's the perfect just, way to put right. it. You like I love that comparison, and I've never thought about it, but I love it because it's the same thing in my eyes. Is you you got the script, and all right, you got to work with what you what you're given, and right. you did that with these two movies. Although, like you said, different genres, they are. I mean, you know, a lot of it, it seemed like you're trying too hard sometimes. And there mm-hmm. were times in the Aretha movie where I was like, okay, everybody's trying too hard. Right. Like, one of my favorite scenes was the scene with Dinah at the club turning the table up. But yeah. I was like, you're trying too hard right now. Like, right. first of all, it's false. Exactly. But second of all, like, you're trying way too hard. But then the one-on-one that she had with Dinah Washington after I was like, okay, now this is a scene that should have been bigger than it was because I Mm -hmm. felt this, like this is a heartfelt Mm -hmm. moment. And I can see Dinah Washington in your dressing room with you saying, you know, all these albums and you still ain't got a hit. Like, what is it? Mm -hmm. Like, you gotta be you, you gotta figure out what it takes about your authenticity to make you a star like that's something relatable. I don't think that we got that, and it hurts that we didn't mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Like yeah. because I love Aretha. Like I love Aretha. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you know, she's in my Mount Rushmore. You know, her and mm-hmm. Reby and you know the others. <laughs> they in my Mount Rushmore. So it hurts that we didn't get that heartfelt moment. I'm glad that we got some of the scenes with um, CL. Forrest Whitaker, shout out to him. I mean, but it wasn't even like, I mean, if you're going to tell it, like Usher said, if I'm going to tell it, then I got to tell it all. Like, if you're going to go into the story, go into the story and tell it all. Put it all out there. I think I think half of the reason why they didn't do it might have been the the rating of the how they rated the movie. Because I didn't know it was PG-13. And I was like, oh, I didn't either. I was like, it went until I got to the theater and I looked at the poster of of the Respect movie and I was like, oh, it's PG 13. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to get an accurate story because they're going to. They're going to chop you can it tell up. who didn't see it in the theaters because I was like, oh, I never even knew the rating, but okay, that's why. I hate that. Well, they could have said it on the, they usually give it on, on demand. They usually tell. No, no, baby. My bootleggers start right when the story starts and they end when the story ends. We don't need to see nothing extra. That's hysterical. But yeah, I just thought it was disappointing. It was just that. I'm like, oh, this we're stopping here. Because it was such a, I was moved by her performance. I didn't realize there was going to be so much singing. I was like, damn, is this a musical? Because I didn't realize there was going to be so many songs. And then I thought they were, I thought. I thought the moment where she was at the piano with her sisters, I thought it was going to be moments like that. I didn't know. I wanted like, more of that. Yeah. I wanted so much more. I think by the end I, of it, I realized that 
like you said, I didn't know it was going to be so much singing. I'm glad yeah. that we got the singing, but also yeah. but I want to hear Reba's voice. I want to hear Jennifer's will. impression of. And that's I the hear hardest Je- thing. I want to hear yes. Reba. I don't want right. to hear. I think moving forward with our legends, I think we should have them actually record these songs for movie format, so mm-hmm. that can just play instead of someone trying to embody the spirit of them and using, you know, their voice. Like I want right now, like a Tony Braxton to go in and record, like no. These are the vocals that need to be in my movie. You know, only me <laughs> you know, I want that to be a thing where they put that down. I want Faith to go in and record her vocals for her bio. Too much pressure on for whatever network. Wait, for whatever laughs. network. I can't, that I can't keep laughing on, like this. I want to not be a major movie release, but it'll be something. <laughs> I, think laughs. I want them to I want that to happen because. I'm tired of being disappointed with people trying to embody like the vocal spirit of whoever because at the end of the day, you're just going to sound like yourself trying to be. The only person that I'm going to give a pass to is that goddamn Deborah Cox. And I don't know how she does it, but she sounds just like Whitney at times and it's scary. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just going to be the legacy of her career. It was like, you were great at gay pride and you were a good Whitney. But (laughs) I want other people to hear like the actual singer do things like <laughs> I mean listen just like the what's love got to do with it I keep coming back to that because I think that's the one thing they got right was having Tina sing those parts well Eric didn't Ray Charles record some of those vocals for his movie before yeah that? he did yeah, yeah. Well, well, he did. because yeah. that's that what I was going to say that's Jamie's what I was going to say image. yeah that's and, what I was going to say a, that's the thing that's the difference though Jamie Jamie, I think as a comedian and with his improvisational skills, he's able to jump in and out of different characters and people. I think for someone who is also a singer, it's harder to try to be another singer without being you. Like I've watched Jennifer do the interviews and she's like, okay, I think it was like on some late night show. And she's like, okay, this is how I would sing the song. And she's singing it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and this is how Aretha would sing it. And she's singing it. But I'm like, no, it all sounds the same to me. Like, you don't sound like Aretha. <laughs> but I can, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, like, true. she was giving, you know, the technical approach that Aretha would take. But that's what she did. She was like, Aretha would, Aretha would use her head voice and she he would do it this do way. Right. But I was, was like, same. you sound like the same it's the same like person the same singing person. the same song. That's what yeah. it is. Looking out, her approach was more on the morning gray. Then Jennifer would say, I used to feel so uninspired. I hate that. I, I hate that. Lying. She did do that. She it did was, that, and I got she mad. Yeah. Because I, I expected her, I expected her when I saw her doing it, I was like, oh, she got to let us know how she did it for real, for real. And then I was like, <laughs> but even the way in which she said she approaches by singing in like her head voice, the full voice, I was like, but Jennifer, you're still singing everything full voice. Like nothing is, right. I, I don't think she has a head she voice, did. honestly. This is Jennifer doesn't have a head voice. That. I, I, she added I, a run to it. That was Jennifer's note. And then, that was it. But, you know, this she is, added you know, a run. Well, was, this time, Effie White's going to win. Listen, sometimes <laughs> Jennifer will come through <laughs> on a song. And like I said, I love Jennifer singing stuff. But Jennifer, 
is oh, one of those shit. vocalists. Her voice is so distinct. That's like imagining Aretha trying to be anyone else. We brought up like the Nessun Dorma performance. Like I Aretha, mean, she did a great Mariah though. She did. Oh, touch my body. <laughs> I actually saw Aretha live singing that, and I—that's one of the—that's that one of the worst the moments of my live concert. <laughs> Look, okay, so I saw. <laughs> Because when he said, I knew he was going to mention that. I hate what, him for doing Mark, it. Mark, when Mark why? said that, I knew he was going to mention Aretha doing that. That's why I'm laughing. Look, I'm just mad it didn't show on the Great Divas album. That would have been I visualized nothing but Aretha singing Church, my body. <laughs> I'm Top five of, worst concerts I've ever been to. It was my first time seeing Aretha. I mean, first time I, seeing her live, and I've never been so dis. It was a Christmas concert too, and she did that song. Her to sing that song. I was what so motivated upset. her to do that. You she know, I think she wanted somebody to touch her body. <laughs> wow. Again, like I think, like Aretha was probably oh. at the core, but you know, because of the way she came up, she couldn't actually put that out there. Oh. How animal. <laughs> Um, yes, I just I just hope that there's like a deluxe version of like Aretha sings the Great Diva Classics that comes out in like 15, 20 years. She already yeah. did that, did she? When no, she no, did no, like, Adele's Rolling in the Deep, deep. did she already do that? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. But I'm saying like we should have a reissue of it. Like I'm, I'm hoping to have unearthed like studio vocals of her doing uh, Mariah's "Touch My Body" and Janice's feedback because I love when she did that with CC in the background. Like they was killing it. <laughs> Look, I whoever did Aretha forgot to be real. They should have done the vocals for respect. No, real, real talk, talk though. Real talk. Like Yo. that. You're on to something because I think that would have been better than Jennifer thinking that she was being Aretha at times. Oh, oh so this is what I was going to tell you. But one, Jennifer Hudson is a really great vocalist. I think the problem is she yes. was born in the wrong era. So people yeah. don't know what to do with big TD voices right now. Yes, so absolutely. I get to go see her um, in Color Purple. Absolutely. But what I noticed is like, again, it's funny because they're both doing Aretha. So Cynthia Revo was playing Seely. And I feel like her voice was way too clear and pristine to be playing Seely because I wanted to hear like a Fantasia doing that kind of song, playing that mm -hmm. kind of role. Mm -hmm. um, but when Jennifer was singing in that venue, one, like, she can act, she didn't need mics. She was just singing. Maybe but Jennifer never needs a mic. Let me tell you, something. Jennifer one. needed a mic from day one. I told you, surround sound immediately. You don't need one. All those songs that she was doing, she's got this really pretty head voice. She's got that amazing belt voice. But I feel like she just doesn't have as much of a, a developed mix in between, which is why we always think she's loud because she very rarely like relies mm -hmm. on that falsetto. Yeah, because Jennifer sounds like she learned how to sing in a helicopter. Well, right? I mean, you got to look at her, her background and so. like she learned to sing in the church and then she went to doing like cruise ships, mm -hmm. like where you just need to belt all the time. You, mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to develop this. Um, I don't want to say pretty, but this nice mix between a head voice and a belt voice or even like a falsetto. Like you just always just go straight forward and that's what she does which is part of what takes me out of the character of Aretha because Aretha didn't do that it, I know people think Aretha did that but I don't I don't 
like listening no, to her. I, I, I don't think, think she always think did that. that. She just had that ability. But you remember seeing that clip of her and Smokey Robinson singing "Ooh Baby Baby" mm-hmm. yep. on Soul Train? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, the Soul Train. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah special. Mm-hmm. And I'm so yep. glad they included that on the on the Aretha uh, retrospective because like it was a really really sweet moment. And again. You don't always get singers who have that mode where they can lay back and they don't have to give you everything they have. Mm-hmm. Some of them are like, okay, this is what, the one thing I can do. I got to do this to pay the bills. So mm-hmm. it's what, I'm not mad because most people have some of my favorite hits. But yep. right. trying to embody somebody like Aretha, it was going to be a blind spot. There, there was no way there wasn't going to be something missing from, from the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way. All things considered, I don't know if there's anyone else I would have rather had do it because we would have been complaining about other things missing. Right. So, um, very very valid Jennifer. Very. But yeah. Valid point. Very. Shout true. outs to the cast of a uh, respect movie. Everybody was phenomenal. Audrey McDonald. Oh my god. That. I wanted child, more of Audrey. Those, yeah. yeah. That childhood. Oh, those childhood scenes. Seen. It touched me and right here. And, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that, it had, it, anything about Aretha's mom the was there, right? That's what I was thinking. Did anyone record her? Like, can we hear her actual voice? Can we mm-hmm. hear? Do you something? have that kind of vibrato? Because Audra mm-hmm. was giving it to you. Well, yeah. you know, that's all Audra knows. Come on, Broadway. When you're great, I think about like mm-hmm. the great singers, like the the Broadway singers. I think about the Audra McDonalds, the Heather Headleys, the Reby mm-hmm. Jacksons. You know, people who can just belt it out and sound mm-hmm. great. That's a pee. Um. <laughs> That be- yeah. best bridge of all time, Reby Jackson. You know, shout out to Martha Wash, but yeah, no, you're right. no, that was Reby. That was no, that doesn't even sound like Martha. That you're right. Reby. It doesn't. You're you're absolutely right. It was Martha. Get it I mean, right. it was Reby. It was Reby. Look, matter of fact, let's say this on Twitter because it'll fit better on Twitter. No, right. I, I'm, I'm not. You're gonna have like face, 37 but... people in your mentions arguing with you. No, but you're right. <laughs> I think Martha um, Washington. I don't even know her. She's done right. For real, I wanted just... more. Right. <laughs> Both. I. Both of you, Brandon. I'm not putting you on this because I've not heard you say anything negative towards the center. Playing Switzerland, but I heard you shady, man. <laughs> this is centipede. <laughs> he he said, "Um." So I'm to get a sandwich. He's not. He said, "Bro, no." Brandon said, "Um." <laughs> he gave a he gave a real shady a um. So I don't think he really. Yeah, his um said. wasn't feeling. No, but I'm saying yeah. like the these Broadway singers who um have to uh become TV or movie stars. Um, but like again, what was the reference? Like, I I've never heard Aretha's mother sing. Like, I like Mark said. Right. Like, I wanted to hear this. I wanted to hear that this was part of her story. We don't know that story. Again, going back to what Brandon was saying, because Aretha was so guarded about everything in her life. Like, she was very strategic about what was put out there and what wasn't. So everything we got, um, well, most of the things we got. Shout out to David Ritz again. Um, mm-hmm. were so heavily guarded and mm-hmm. personally curated by Aretha to portray her life in a certain light. And yeah. I hate that, but mm-hmm. I, I can't help but respect it because I can't relate to being, number one, a woman, number two, a Black woman, number three, growing up in that time period, number four, mm-hmm. having the things done to me that she's had done, you know, the outside forces of the world, her family or whoever, I can't relate. So I can't fully put myself in her shoes, but I would have wanted something more, just something a little yeah. more. <clears throat> I, I wouldn't, uh, I, everything would have been perfect. If, oh, go ahead, Brandon, my bad. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Aretha, she deserves the Ken Burns treatment. 
if there's ever a documentary, mm. a multi-part documentary that can just tell the full story. Yeah, that's I mean, that's mm-hmm. what I mean. She is a legend. I think we all confirm that here. And I just I would just like that story to just be bigger than what it was trying to be depicted in this, in mm. this movie. So, yeah. And I guess the whole they they didn't really like I said it was PG thirteen so they weren't going to go into the whole thing that happened to her when she got pregnant with her first well, son they didn't but that that yeah. part of that part of the story I can get right 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 I can get like if she's guarded like if you've been molested and sexually assaulted how you would seem guarded I think that that them trying to say that's what led to her drinking and all that I was like okay. This is making me I'm, feel. I'm a also kind of way, going so. to say this. Yeah, that that's a part of the movie that annoyed me. Um, and I know it's probably that's probably the realest thing that happened in the movie, honestly. But when they kept mm. referring to her quote unquote demons, yeah. you know, yeah. like to say what it yeah. is, like like you know what it was, and they I think that probably it. was the right. They kept implying it, but I think that's mm. the realest part of the movie was that mm-hmm. throughout her life that that's what happened, like. They and no who one knows? Ever said and acknowledged right. what it was. It was like, yeah. oh, you you got that demon again. You're going through those demons. Like, right. no, no I, I was raped at 12. What do you mean, these demons? Like, right. I, so exactly. after Whitney Houston died, all these people who knew her came out and write books about her. Um, Aretha had a long career with a lot of people close to her. I'm sure somebody has tea. Why do they not have another? at least partially reliable source other than like these two books because aretha mm-hmm. made everybody sign ndas and she was like no <laughs> if anybody's going to tell my story it's going to be me that, that's it's where beyond be i mean i can't i can't see and also aretha had a very i think if you talk to any woman in the entertainment industry who came up under or was mentored by aretha they all tell the same stories she was tough like she had this tough exterior she wasn't exactly um mothering or motherly in the way that like a patty labelle has been to people like Mm -hmm. she was the way to people that her mentors was i mean well aretha wasn't making the pies in the car right i felt like that was one inaccuracy (laughs) i I felt offended by them saying that she could cook they were trying to i didn't have to say it i didn't have to say it because i was like did her niece say she could cook I was like, her niece said in the interview that she couldn't cook and that she loved gossiping. She, I was like, I would have loved to see Natalie. To me, that's real. I, I just wanted like, Aretha as a person. That's my grandma. So I would have seen like the gossiping Aretha, the one that, you know, was on the phone. Because she said in the song, what's the 411 on, on who dropped who you this it? week? Yeah, like I want to. Wait, yeah, I'm sorry. Wanna, wait, what's what's the 411? Eric, I need you to be a good person. <laughs> The closest What's the four one one? I wonder where I I've heard that before. You're getting to right. become your former self. Maybe it was right. in 1992. Right? I don't know. Is right. that what this particular podcast is about? <laughs> yes. Every episode we talk about Reby Jackson Aretha and Mary J. Blige. And that's it. Just Aretha and Reby. Reby and Mary. Right. That's it. No. Just what the. Is this that's all. Right, right there. <laughs> That's the seventies, the eighties, and the nineties. What else do we got? Real, real, real quick. We gonna we gonna go to the Rick James Bob biopic. I mean documentary. 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 <laughs> my brain, my brain, all over the place. Yes. We are gonna finish the. We gonna give a grade on this bio biopic. 
uh, what would you give a grade on this before we get from to the Rick James a, story? From A through F? Like one of yes. those? Yes. Yes. I'm going to let Brandon go first. I'll give it a C minus. The fact that they didn't put a Fillmore West segment kills me. That's that's just that's ridiculous. Yep. But I'll give it a C minus. At least. I'm gonna grade on a curve and give it a B plus because there was no way that a, a movie about Aretha's life could get an A. It's just too much life. Right. <laughs> um that caught me off guard. I'm sorry. Um I'm going to give it, you know what? I'm actually going to give it a B um, just because I know they were all excited about being involved. Right. I'm going to... ingenuous, but it's not the worst <laughs> thing you can say, so I'm going to go ahead and shut my mouth and wait. I'm just saying, no, and oh, and also, I think that every, like we were talking earlier about the people doing the best they did with the scripts they were given. I think Marlon Wayans did a great job as mm-hmm. Ted White with his script. I think even though it was heavily dramatized and not all the way accurate, I think Mary did a great job as mm-hmm. Dinah Washington. I wanted to see more from Carolyn and um, what's Aretha's other sister's name? Karma. Irma, thank you. I wanted to see more, but I'm glad I got to see what they got. Audra did a great job. I'll give it a B. I'm going to give it a passing grade, just like what Evie was talking about in terms of the actors doing great. No, I'm going to give it a passing grade because of the actors alone. The script wasn't a fan of the script. And I'm giving it a C plus just off the strength that it's white people's vision of Aretha, and I'm not down with that. So that's why I'm giving it a C plus. Actors, A plus all the way, all the way around. I don't think anybody did a bad, horrible job. I think Jennifer, the scenes that she was supposed to show, the dramatic skills, I feel like she did that very well because I felt most of it. Most of the scenes, besides the singing, when she was getting in those deep moments and those reflective, especially when um, the second guy, I got his name, the uh, the road manager guy, when she was in a relationship with him and she had a moment to where he was trying to like be intimate and she just like, it was a moment when her, where when she her just demons were there. Scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That, was that part, I, I felt the, that, that moment where it was supposed to be in a real moment, I felt that. So, but yeah, For other sure. than that, other than the actors, I give them an A plus, but all, overall C plus. Because I'm not digging yeah. that Aretha's life is just 20 years, 70 from 52 72. Like we talking about so the average the here is a C. Yeah, I'm giving this movie a C. Right. Everybody agrees yeah. it gets a it's C. It's passing. Yeah. Hey, it's passing. It's is passing. It? Passing. <laughs> you can you can get a 2.8 app GPA. You can get close to a 3.0 when you in high school. Okay. Now. It's passing. You know, but get to Rick James documentary. We'll talk about that. Whether you need to be comforted, soothed, or relaxed, soul savviness got you. The ultimate getaway. You are listening to the Sounds of Soul Savviness podcast, where we are sure to put your mind, body, and soul 